Welcome to The Beauty of Conflict, a podcast about how to deal with conflict at work, at home, and everywhere else in your life. I'm Chris Marie. And I'm Susan. We run a company called Thrive, and we specialize in conflict resolution, communication, and building strong, thriving teams and relationships. Conflict shows up in our lives in so many ways. Most people, unfortunately, are not very good at handling conflict. Most people have never been taught the right tools for dealing with conflict. And then it leads to unnecessary friction, arguments, passive aggressive emails, tears, hurtful comments, stuckness, all kinds of things we don't want. We're on a mission to change all of that. We spent the last 20 years teaching our clients how to handle conflict in a whole new way. We're here to show you that conflict doesn't have to be scary and overwhelming. With the right tools, you can turn a moment of conflict into a moment of reinvention. Conflict can pave the way into a beautiful new system at work, a new way of leading your team, a new way of parenting, a new chapter of your marriage where you feel more connected than ever before. Conflict can lead to beautiful things. Hey, welcome to the show, Brad Rose. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited to be on this show. And that was a lovely intro, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Now, you work at Every, and you're a leader in the creative world. Can you say a little bit more just to give our listeners a frame of who you are and what you do? Sure. Yes. So every, um, it's a company, uh, we do a lot of things. My division is we make slot machines. And so I lead a studio in Chicago, uh, about 50 people. And we are responsible for making anywhere from like 15 to 18 different unique slot machines a year. So I work with, uh, I manage artists, composers, uh, developers, and it's a, it's a wide range of creative folks. And uh, yeah, that's what we do. That's it. Now, Brad, I've seen some of your games, but some people, when they think slot machines, they just think you pull down the lever and there's those numbers and the fruit. But that is not what you're talking about. Or I guess it's a version. Tell me where I'm wrong. You're right. It is a version. That's what I thought too. So so I've been in this industry now, started my 21st year in this industry just a couple months ago. And when when I was first recruited, I was like, ah, really? I'm I'm going to make slot machines. What's that? It's boring. Like I pull a handle down, bar, cherry, seven. (laughs) And when I walked in for my first interview, it was with a company that was making the very first Monopoly slot machine. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, wait a second. This could be cool. They're they're interactive. There's a lot of multimedia. We work with licensed products. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, think of any social game you may play on your phone or any video game you may play at home. That's basically what we are bringing to the gambling floor, kind of wrapped up as a slot machine. That said, we still do make those one-armed bandits, the old, the old-fashioned <laughs> ones. But um, yeah, where it gets real fun and real creative is is bringing those multimedia experiences to a slot machine. What's the coolest game that you've been a part of developing? Oh wow, that's a good question. How about the coolest game here at Every? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the coolest game so far here at Every is probably well, it's two. It's a tie. It's. Uh, Shark Week, which is which is out right now, which is just a ton of fun. We've we've actually put a bunch of slot machines together, kind of banked them together, and take a player who's playing the slot machine into a basically in into the water under under the water where there's just mm. sharks everywhere, and it's uh it's been a lot of fun. and And I always like I always have a little bit more fun working with the branded games because uh, it's great working with their creative teams as well, making sure that you're representing their brand. So so currently Shark Week, but the other one which has been amazing for us is a game called Zap, and Zap is unlike anything I've ever worked on and it's unlike anything that's ever been on a casino floor. And that one, 
that is a game that has no real symbols. It really came from the germ of the idea of what would happen if we just had someone gamble and hit a button and it just says win or lose, lose, <laughs> win. And our game designer just envisioned this awesome game where it's like energy going up to a, like a, an orb. And when it hits it, as the energy is getting closer and closer, it finally hits it and awards you some money. And it's been quite a big hit for it. It was actually nominated for an award last Ooh. year. And that one's great because I love, I love innovation. Anytime we can innovate is just so exciting. That's fabulous. So Shark Tank. Shark no. Week. Yeah, Shark, Shark Week. Week is, is the brand is Shark Tank. Is that true? No. no, no sh- 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different show. You're not pitching concepts to me that I'm going to buy. That's, I, that's <laughs> no, this is Shark Week. This is the show that you'll see on the Discovery Channel. Oh, uh, yeah, and it's and it just yeah it takes you all the different encounters with with sharks. I mean, to be honest with you, it's really I think people just like sharks, and so to have <laughs> to have the actual brand recognition of Shark Week helps a little bit on a Florida and on a sea of slot machines. It helps people have some familiarity, but yeah, no, this is this is um, Discovery's Shark Week. Got it. We don't have the Discovery Channel, so I've not seen the show. <laughs> I kind of, I figured out what you were talking about because yeah. I thought he's talking sharks I mean, underwater, yeah. not the, not the, yeah. but, and as you're talking about this, it really strikes me that because you're in a, such a creative space, I imagine that you have some appreciation for conflict and how it plays a role in creativity and at least in the creative world. And I'm curious because we sure think it plays a big part and wondering how you feel about that and how you feel about conflict when maybe it's not just in the creative space, but in the interpersonal space or workplace. Yeah, well, we'll make no mistake. Yeah, there's lots of conflict. When you're dealing with creative folks, it's, you know, um, it's, it's almost an everyday thing. Just, you know, everyone has different opinions of what something should look like. And, you know, the art in any game has the most eyeballs on it and what you might like, you know, uh, someone else might not. And then just from that, you know, conflict can exist. It's funny. The timing of our podcast is great because I was just at lunch with somebody and they point blank asked me, they said, Brad, do, do you enjoy conflict? And I actually said, yeah, I kind of, I kind of do. Like it's, um, <laughs> um, I think it's okay. Like I think it, I think it's healthy, and I think you need that debate. You need to be honest. I don't like when you run from it because I don't think you progress or can evolve as a team. I like to hit conflict head on, and uh, I think we become stronger from it here as a team, as a studio. I mean, I use it in my you know relationships outside of work as well. Well, that's neat. I mean, even we were doing some research on creativity. And even if you take our human brain, where creativity stems is when we take in two opposing ideas and they something happens in our brain and it can spark new ideas. And I think that happens within us, but I also think that happens interpersonally between us. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's, you know, a lot of that, right. I think when people just necessarily hear the conflict, you know, it's like, oh, I can't work with this person. And sure, that there's that as well. But but a lot of it is just with the ideas themselves. And uh, yeah, I agree. That's a that's great. That was the definition you said? Yeah, well, that's what happens in our brain. That's a chemistry or the neuroscience behind creativity in the brain. Yeah. And I mean, we've taken that and apply it to, you know, a team where you want to have those smart people and you want to have different opinions, because that's the only way you're going to come up with a new game. I'm sure you know that. And you want to have a shared vision or something that you're going after. And it seems like that should be easy, but 
when you put a bunch of subject matter experts together mm-hmm. who are passionate about their job, <laughs> they usually don't agree. And so you do get into that place where I want my idea to go through or something like that. And unless I can do something different, well, it takes us right into conflict. That's that spark that could either be used to separate, like you said, when people go off and they don't deal with it, you miss the wealth of the people on your team and you have to lean into it, even if it's uncomfortable. I mean, I'm sure that's how you guys have come up with some of your best games. Mm -hmm. uh, That's absolutely right. And, you know, add another element of egos in there as well. (laughs) Yeah, Um, exactly. You know, I think sometimes, sometimes I refer to my job as a, as a manager of a baseball team. You know, I have to manage a lot of these egos. Everyone can play. You're here, you're, you're on the team because, because you're good enough to play. But then how do I make sure, you know, that the grizzly veteran is, is making sure that his voice is being heard or the, the new rookie who's just, you know, just joined the team for the very first time is having their voice and their opinion heard. Um, and sometimes it's just it's just having to work around that. And, and again, I'll come back to with it being such a creative process, a creative thing we are making. There's so many different opinions. Like it's not we're not just making a widget where here's the directions and just go. Here's the assembly line, just build and build and, and, and you know, rinse and repeat. It's not that it's, you know, every day it's different. And, you know, a lot of times it's, it's, it's hard. I want to make sure that people's voices are heard and, and people are feeling like, uh, you know, that, that, you know, what they're contributing is worthwhile. And, and, and just within that conflict arises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the analogy to you managing a baseball team and that those dynamics that occur, that makes a lot of sense. Now we met because we were leading a leadership development program that you were in and we were offering tools. Do you have a a favorite one that you've actually taken away and used? And if so, what is it and how has it come up either at work or even at home? Yes. Well, first I should say I'm a little bit of a geek when it comes to the training. I kind of always liked it. I've always, I've always read a bunch of the, bunch of the self-help books, you know, some, some of my favorites. There's this new one called the BGF conflict that I've started reading. <laughs> uh, yes, we like that one. <laughs> but I'll tell you that with, without a doubt, the thing I left um, when I worked with both of you a few months ago was the check your story. That was like, if you even look at my notes from, from when I was there, like I'm circling it. I had arrows around it, all, some, some additional notes. I love it. And it's like, wow, you know, like I feel like, so I've kind of been doing this along, along my career, but it really helped, you know, form it for me of, okay, here's how you have to do it. So I was so excited to come back and first talk to my team about it. So first I talked to my, my leadership about it. Then I talked to my entire staff about it. And then I had people in my staff check their story with me. And then we were checking stories with each other. And it's been, it's been about a couple months since, since you first taught me that. And it is amazing to me walking around and hearing people talk about checking your story. And it's, um, that's how powerful it's been. And it's really, I love it because it wasn't, it wasn't just, Oh, Brad's saying it. So let's just listen to it. People are actually utilizing it. And that's been great. And, you know, it's interesting. Cause so then when I'm privy to, to hear because people are excited to tell me, Hey, Brad, I checked my story with somebody <laughs> and I, and I asked them about it. The one part we were missing for a while, and I'm not, and I'm not sure we're all there yet. And it's to me, it might be the hardest part. I always say, ah, but you're, you're not telling us how that made you feel. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, feelings are tough, right? People, it's hard to express your feelings sometimes. So that's why I always tell them. So we're working on that. You know, I am absolutely trying to help, help everyone work, work on that. When, when, when I'm involved, you know, I, I'm believing that these are going on without me around too. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's been great. And, and, and I think, and it's been great outside of work too. Like it, it, it's awesome. My wife and I, the other day, we're like, okay, I'm gonna check my story on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
Well, let me just, just because I don't think many listeners have been introduced to this tool, but the idea is we take in information through our senses and it processes through our own individual personal filter and we tell ourselves a story. Now we think that's a true story and it's it drives how we feel and then what we want and how we act. And so the tool that we taught Brad and his peers was actually recognize you're telling yourself a story. It's not a fact. And let somebody know how you came to that conclusion and then be interested and check it out and see if it fits for them or not. Because sometimes we we make up things and think we are, you know, obviously this person is X, Y, or Z. <laughs> well, and so much of the way that we make up our story has to do with that personal filter that we all have, which relates to bias, which relates to all of the significant emotional events of our life and our culture and all of that. And unless, you know, you have some understanding about that, you don't even realize that the world is all pretty much everything is just a story (laughs) and based upon how we put the pieces together. So that's why we think it's so important. And I'm so glad. I love that you guys are using it. And I also really like that you recognize the feeling part of it is super critical. And we do tend to avoid that. (laughs) We also often avoid even, we tend to want to ask questions like, are you mad at me? Versus, you know, I notice your brows furrowed. I'm thinking you're upset, but I want to find out. And I'm a little worried about that. (laughs) If you are, I want to find out if you are, aren't, you know, like breaking it down versus just asking a question. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's been so powerful for me and my team. And it's, it's so simple, right? It's so simple. I mean, what, what you are, what both of you are saying, it's right. I mean, and you use it and it, it's not just for work. It's everywhere. Like I use it, you use it everywhere. And, uh, and it's just, it's amazing how much, if you don't check your story, how much you can let your mind run rampant on, on of, of just believing something that could be totally wrong or, or you find out, yeah, you were right. And, and now it's out there and, and maybe now there's something to work on. So yeah, I love it. Uh, do you have like a concrete example of when you've used it and it's made either at home, let's say with your wife or or at work, either one? Sure. Um, I, I didn't prep you for this, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll use, I'll use a work one. We don't, you know, we don't. <laughs> but, um, but sure, yeah. Let me try to think of a, of, of a good one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll just think of any one and, and apologize if it's not the best one. But there's definitely... So we've gone through some recent changes here in my studio. One of the leaders um, is no longer with us. And so one of the people who was reporting to that leader has been running a meeting a certain way. And so it was evident some people were in there and it was evident where I needed to say, you know what, I need to check my story here because, you know, really what I've now, you know, I give the context of, you know, I'm seeing how you're running this meeting. It's It's a game meeting. I'm seeing how you're running this game meeting. And I noticed how you pointed your finger at that person. Mm. And, you know, that made me feel uncomfortable watching you do that. And I wondered, I wondered if were you taught that by that leader, that that is the appropriate way to get the response from that individual. And, um, you know, and then the answer was kind of like, yeah, I was, you know, then the answer was like, oh, wow. yeah, I was told that, you know, if you want to single somebody out, you know, boom, you put your finger out there and you say, hey, I'm, you know, this, this, this issue we're having, boom. I go, okay, well, <laughs> that's all. Let's, let's, yes. let's maybe not do that. Right. But, but it was, you know, it was, you know, I don't, again, I don't know that that was the best example. It was the first one that came to my mind. But, oh, no, I think but, that's a great example. But, you know, it was, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was something like that. And, you know, it was interesting. And by the way, this was, this was, um, I actually checked the story in front of everybody. This is with, with that 
team member there too. And I can see that team member kind of saying, oh, thank, oh, thank you for asking that because I've been kind of feeling that, right? Or So we talked that through. And yeah, I mean, I got to tell you something. The next the next meeting I sat in uh, of that individual, it was a 180 and it was it was wonderful. It was, it was great. Uh, that is interesting. You know what? And you bring up a great point too, that you did it in front of the team. And this is one of the things that we teach, which a lot of people are reluctant to do. Like, no, 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 you got to go one off and check out your story. But we think if the behavior is happening in front of the team, like it wasn't even, it didn't even involve you and you were uncomfortable. I imagine other people were uncomfortable, including the individual that was being pointed at. So if it's not done there, then, you know, and all of a sudden it disappears, it just, it's not as transparent. And we think it helps develop that muscle and let people know, hey, it's okay to do this on the team because we want healthy relationships. I think that's right. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. And it's, you know, what I'm hoping it does too is just, just creates a safe space to let people communicate. And mm-hmm. yeah. so. I also really like what I think I heard you do, Brad, and that was you kind of really owned it as, I don't know mm-hmm. if the other person, if that person was uncomfortable, but I realized I would be uncomfortable. And I'm wondering why you do it. Why, you know, what's that about? And I like that you offered you didn't make them wrong. You just sort of said, you let them know this would be uncomfortable for me. And I'm not sure the purpose and gave them a chance to respond, which I think is great. You know, and you did add, you gave them a way to say it came from a previous way of being taught to do something. So I think that's great. Yeah. And it's, um, well, thank you for that. And yeah, thank you both because, you know, the whole checker story has really it's helped. I'm sure I, you know, it's funny. I've, thank you for saying that was a good example too, because I feel like that was probably one of the weaker ones. We, we've, I've had, so many, <laughs> I've had so many other ones too. It, 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 they've, they've been great. And I think a lot of times though, I, I have encouraged the checker story in front of the group, you know, ha- be vulnerable, let people know that, that you're approachable and, and all that. And, and I have witnessed it myself recently as well. And, and it has been great. And it's interesting, just this morning, I had a sync up with one of my employees and I went back to, I, I told them this morning, I said, I love, I just want to come back to you and say, when you checked your story last week with that individual, that was great. And it was, it was handled so well. And you, and you told them how it made you feel. And so I was very encouraging to them to, you know, just continue to do that because it's great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome to give them that permission and reinforcement because it it's often takes courage to be willing to speak up and say, hey, wait a minute, this just happened. This is my story. I want to check it out. This is how it made me feel. So I love that you're encouraging it. And you're right. It, it takes courage and vulnerability to be willing to not just make the other person wrong, but to lay it out and see what fits for them or not, and then have curiosity on what is going on for that other person. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so amazing sometimes when, when you check your story and it's good that you did because wow, you were way off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I tell you that could be, it's, it's, sometimes it's kind of humbling how far off a story can be, you know, (laughs) but can you imagine if you just stayed with that wrong story and ran with it and maybe you thought they were a problem and you started gathering evidence of why, and you know, it's what creates politics in organization and factions and silos when people don't check out their stories. And I, I really appreciate what you said earlier, Brad, like even if it is true, right. <laughs> at least you're clear and there's a way forward from that place with that clarity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, it's so much more efficient <laughs> to, <laughs> to like what we're going to be wasting, you know, you waste your time. And I think, you know, but it comes back to what I really think is, you know, it's, um, I think people are scared. I think maybe they're either 
you know, I don't know if it's they're insecure to speak up and, and share their feelings or if they don't want to hear. But I tell you, especially now, you know, really talking about my team, my team here is, but we all have the same common goals. Why allow those stories to, to divert us from those goals? Tackle them exactly. head on, tackle them head on, and you'll know one way or the other, and we can move forward. And I'll tell you, I am seeing it. I think my team is stronger today than it was before I, I went to your training. Oh my goodness. Great. Like the angels are singing behind <laughs> us. <laughs> that is such great news to hear that. And you're right, it is more efficient. Rather than having the meeting after the meeting, if you had to do that all the time, it takes it wastes so much time. So much time. So yeah. Yes. Great. Well, Brad, do you have any final thoughts? Like what's the number one takeaway you could share about conflict? <laughs> it's beautiful. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know if I have final thoughts. I, I kind of reiterate some of my original thoughts. I think, I think without conflict, I don't think you can, I don't think you can get to a better product without having some conflict along the way. And it's how you manage it. And it's, and it's allowing the different opinions to topple on top of each other. And then, use these different techniques like the check your story to make sure it doesn't derail us. But without conflict, I don't, I don't think you, we, we get as, as great slot machines as, as we're making. That is awesome. I love it. <laughs> All right. Conflict leads to bottom line creativity and results. See, that was said so much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, thank, thank you, you so much for being willing to take the time to have us interview. This is really fun. And I love what you're doing with it. And you're definitely making more of it. Well, thank, yes. thank you. Thanks to both of you. You guys have really helped me. And I'm looking forward to continuing our relationship together to, to improve me as a manager. So thank you. Absolutely. Right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, it was so fun to have Brad on the show. It was. <laughs> it's so, you know, it's, I love talking to him, one, because in his work that he does in designing games, it's so much of a creative process. And so to hear him talk about how it applied just in that creative realm, but also what he's since took away from the work that we did in leadership development and how he's been applying it in the way of checking out stories and things like that. I thought, I thought that was great. Yeah. And he really, he has made the most of check out your story, which I think is fabulous because he taught his team. And, and for those of you that are wanting to know about more of that model, check it out. We have, it's in our book, the beauty of conflict, both our books. And it's also, we have uh, how to have tough conversations at work on our website, www thriving.com. And I imagine we'll put a link in the show notes. So that's easy for you to get to. And that's a little worksheet. So if you have a tough conversation, you can break down the bits, prepare for it before you go and have it, which is really often what people are like, I don't know how to have that conversation. Yes. And I really appreciated how he shared that it is, it doesn't go perfectly, but you kind of, <laughs> you keep working with it and you keep trying it. Cause so many times people want the conversation to go smooth. Well, respectfully. And, you know, those are all things that are really tricky, especially when you're trying to be somewhat authentic and real, mm -hmm. it's going to get messy. And, you know, he was saying, yes, there's been pieces that he misses, like a lot of times that feeling piece. Yeah. And so he's learned as he's practiced it, here's where I may miss a note yeah. and been willing to kind of keep trying. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Yes. Okay. Take care until next time. Well, thank you for listening to the Beauty of Conflict podcast. If you're dealing with a difficult situation in your life or work, remember every conflict is a chance for you to be vulnerable and curious and find creative solutions that you hadn't considered before and make your situation even better. 
Beautiful breakthroughs can be born out of conflict. We've seen this happen thousands of times over the last 20 years, and we know this is possible for everyone, including you. We're grateful you listened to this show, and we're rooting for you. And if you enjoyed this show, please tell a few friends and or post a five-star review on iTunes. Your review helps new listeners discover this show. More people listening to this show means less friction and arguing and suffering out in the world. So that's a great thing for everyone. Also, visit our website, thriveinc.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C.com to read our articles, join our newsletter, buy our books, and learn more about the services that we offer. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a peaceful, productive, and beautiful day.